listening to Confessions of a CEO. This is the show where I'll be taking you behind the laptops and lives of some of the best and brightest female minds in the online business game. The frank, funny, and inspiring chats that we have behind closed doors are about to be revealed. This is the secret sauce that you need to hear that's going to help you and blow your mind at the same time. No fluff, just all of the honest good stuff. I'm your host, Mel Moore. I'm a CEO, embodiment, and business coach for female online entrepreneurs. And I'm also the founder of a boutique, virtual assistant agency. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited to introduce you to Samantha. She is an incredible offer messaging strategist and launch copywriter. And after she quit her job in DC, she moved to Uganda with her husband, which is where she decided to start her business. And since making that scary leap back in 2018, She's gone on to help hundreds of clients find the magnetic selling words they need to attract clients, sell out their offers, and have even seven-figure launches, reaching more people with the powerful work that they do. She is a copy genius. She is an absolute expert at this, and it is such a juicy conversation we're going to have about the power of messaging and how you can get it right yourself from today. So I'm very excited to dive in. So without further ado, let's jump in. Well, my darling, thank you so much for being here, having what's going to be a very exciting conversation. I'm fully going to nerd out on copy because I love it. It's one of the hardest things my clients struggle with, but the magic point of change when they get copyright. But I really want to start with your backgrounds and your journey. Like, give me a little snapshot of childhood to this business, if you can. I know that's a lot, but like, (laughs) what was your upbringing? What was your work like? And what led you to start this business that you have now? Yeah, it's definitely been a wild, I guess, like four years now. Oh, my God. I don't think I've registered that. Celebration. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So um, where do I start? I mean, so yeah, I guess I'll start with I'm Samantha. I'm a launch copywriter and messaging strategist. I kind of always had this itch to start my own business. So actually, like when I was growing up, we moved around a lot and my... um, People think I'm like a diplomat or my family's diplomat. It's not that, but I'm not going to get into that. So anyway, we moved around a lot and um, my mom, she was always kind of like starting her own like businesses or she was always like, oh, I'm Uh moving to this place. I'll try being a real estate agent. She was like always doing her own thing. And I think that's kind of where I got that bug of like, I just want to do it my way. Um... And, you know, I went through college. I studied environmental studies and international affairs I was so excited to like do that kind of work about like NGOs and charity work and over time like I felt like my career path just wasn't going the way I wanted like at the end of the day I wanted to write and it was such a weird I felt like so like out of place almost because I felt like everyone around me they had like a job that they wanted but yeah I just knew I wanted to write like I almost didn't care what the job was I was like I just want to write when I got into like the career world, I felt like every job I was trying to do, I was like, but how can I do more writing in this job? Can I do research? Can I take notes at meetings? Like I literally didn't care. And it got to a point where, yeah, my job just like wasn't fulfilling me. I was doing this like very standard kind of governmenty job in DC. Oh, wow. And I was just like, there's got to be more than this. Oh, I think so many women hit that. There's got to be yes, more feeling in their there's bones. There's got to be more. It's a push pull, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's not even more. It's also like, I know that I'm meant for more. And I know that if I, I always had this feeling because like, I was also very like overworked and undervalued. 
And I just kind of felt like if I worked as hard for myself as I did for this company, I know I could do something. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. But I know I can do something. And so anyway, I quit my job and I was trying to figure out what to do. And around that time, my husband, um, he got a job in Uganda. And I had this like huge yeah. moment of like, do I move with you? Or do I stay here and wait for you to get back? And we had actually like just gotten married. So this was like a huge decision. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Talk about a life altering like job. Yeah. And it was supposed to only be for six months. So I was like, maybe I'll just hang out here and like I'll hold down the fort. And then I was like, you know what? No, like this could be a really exciting adventure. And yeah. So when I moved to Uganda, that's when I started no. my business. Um, and I was so grateful for that move because ultimately it gave me the time and space to really think about what I actually want out of my life and my career. And that's where I started my business. So that was back in 2018 now. And it's just been a roller coaster since then, but a great one. <laughs> a great one that, I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for it every day. So that must have been a, I just want to for a second selfishly dive into the culture shock of moving from DC to Uganda. Yeah. And having a husband who's got a job out there and technically you've gone to support him. So you, I assume you've given up your job in DC and decided to start your own business. How did you cope with the hot, so many shifts, so many new things? What was that like? <laughs> well, the first thing I say is that this is why I say that I quit before he got the job is because like that was definitely its own kind of decision. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm like, I guess I'm proud of myself for making that decision, like without that factor. Like I didn't know Jesus. I was moving to Uganda when I quit. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, I think something that I got to lean on was because I moved around a lot growing up. I'm the type of person who is happy to have a fresh start. Yeah. I can kind of like find my way anywhere. And that's something that I think I'm like proud of in myself. But it was definitely a shock. It was definitely a shock. <laughs> Um, there was a lot to learn and do, and it did take me time to get settled in. It was not this like romantic whirlwind from the beginning. <laughs> like, I remember feeling so seen because, you know, you have questions from family back home of like, how are you doing? And oh, isn't it amazing? Oh, you're on this amazing adventure. And my brother asked me, but how's your water pressure? <laughs> and I was like, I've never felt so seen because like that's like those are those were the questions I was asking myself like not like oh like am I going to go on safari tomorrow like it was not like that. <laughs> that's hilarious. So it's, also having that support structure was like really helpful too. That's everything. That's absolutely yeah. brilliant. It's yeah, and I think there's such power in being able to reroute and know how to start afresh somewhere yes. else because maybe that is even one of the qualities that makes you a great business owner because you are adaptable because you are flexible and you've been through situations before where you're almost having to restart and you're the common denominator but everything around you changes so i think that probably layer adds a layer of this ability to switch and flex which is you know a well well-formed muscle for you yeah and yeah i can't count how many times it's come in handy with business where it's like oh i'm gonna pivot now or i'll <laughs> do something new and yeah just like always remembering that everything's an experiment mm -hmm. and being able to see it that way and almost like emotionally detached from it doesn't mean anything about you it's yeah. just about what are you working towards and what what is it going to take to get there so and I love that yeah. and, and this kind of underneath the knowing of 
you know, calling back to you being a kid or an adult in your work and your life, just knowing that you wanted to write. That's such a, it's just a thread of absolute, you know, I know that's the thing I love doing the most. So how did you decide to do what you're doing now? Because yeah. I'm sure it's had many iterations through the Definitely. business Definitely. <laughs> That's probably is. So what did you start with and how did you decide to even put that out into the world? Yeah. So at first, it's funny because, okay, I, I knew I wanted to write. When you don't, when you aren't in this world of like the online space and marketing, what do you think writers do? Oh, well, they write books and they write articles. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually thought, okay, I'll be a journalist. Um, oh, yeah. And I managed... I managed to get published in a handful of like really great publications. And I was like, wow, I'm onto something. Uh But that wasn't what I wanted to do. I was like missing that component of like, I didn't know it yet, but I just really love connecting with people. And I wanted that to be a part of my business. Yeah. So then that's when it moved into like content marketing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to help people with like their social media content, their emails. And that's when I learned what copy was. And I was like, ooh, like, I like this. <laughs> um, and that was like, okay, copy, you know, I get to talk to clients. Um, and then even what I'm writing, it's all about connection. And I knew that I, I wanted that to be a part of it. So that's how I got into launch copywriting. And then messaging became this thing of like, well, how do you come up with what to write? How do you decide what you want to be known for? How do you um, connect with people in a bigger way than just like the features and benefits of what you're selling? And I love that. And that's that's how I got here. So it's definitely, yeah, a few versions. <laughs> that's so interesting because the, the journalistic thing really, it makes me chuckle inside because I started as a journalist. That's what I thought I was going to be. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I loved it saying, I loved writing. I just didn't. And this is like a long time ago. I was 20 years ago um, and I really didn't understand I thought the same thing you write books or you write for magazines so I was interning in magazines having things published and earning like two pence a word or something and going oh I'm in a fancy magazine and going (laughs) I earn absolutely peanuts for that yeah and I remember thinking how am I supposed to make this pay how do people survive writing and I think because there was no this the kind of work that you do just wasn't around back then it's so true or it wasn't we didn't have this awareness right or you have to have a journalism degree or a marketing degree to walk into any kind of communications type job and be taken seriously there was so many barriers to entry and a lack of visibility of what was actually possible with the skill of writing right Mm -hmm. yeah it's almost like it's one of those things where I wish I could like have a time machine and just grab me by the shoulders in college and be like listen like there's this whole world out there (laughs) And you don't know it yet and you can't know it yet, but it's going to absolutely change the game. And I actually remember in high school, so I was like, I don't know, 17. And I had this teacher who was like, you know, what you're learning today, like there are jobs that don't exist yet that are going to be available to you. And I was, I remember thinking like, you know, I'm 17. So I'm like, well, that's dumb. (laughs) Like, what am I learning? (laughs) That's not helpful. What do you mean? I don't get it. Yeah. And then just living that i mean even the few years that i've been in you know this online marketing world like seeing the changes i mean the mm. world is moving so fast with ai now it's just like wow like yeah it's just massive so it's fun to keep up with though <laughs> i am definitely going to come and talk to you about chat gpt at the end of this i have more questions when i asked about oh, yeah. wow, my brain to talk about how chat gpt is helping us write or not <laughs> or 
But let's come back to that. Something you said, I think, is such a great differentiation between, you know, if we're talking to this audience of service providers listening to this who are like, copy is, I'm not creative. I know that it's the thing, the vehicle that helps my clients understand the transformation, what I do, what my services are. But there's a level above that, which is the messaging. And then you write the copy. And I think breaking it down like that is so really, really key. Can you kind of expand on what the differences are between messaging and copy and what difference it makes in your business when you really get that right? Yeah. So I like to describe it as if copy and content is like a car, your messaging is like GPS. So like... Your copy and content, you anybody can jump behind the wheel and just start driving, right? Anybody uh-huh. can just start creating content and hoping they get to where they want to go. But your messaging is that it's your compass. It's what kind of tells you like, okay, well, this is the path we're going to take. And this is how we're going to connect with our audience and show them where we want to go, right? And you're going to get to where you're going, aka like you're going to sign up, um, earn more clients and earn more sales when you have that path that you know you're going to take with your copy and content. So that's epic. Yeah, like messaging is that strategic like north star that kind of guides you and like is this relevant to selling? Is this relevant to attracting my ideal clients? Is this relevant to um, positioning myself as an expert? And then once you have that clarity, it's like okay, now how do I package that into content and into copy to actually like get out there and sell? So uh-huh. that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, because there's a big difference between people going. I'm going to have to show up my business and I'm going to have to sell. And we think of selling as such a like black and white, here's my course, come and join it. This is copy is the, the story that you tell that sells for you anyway, subtle ways. And then you can dial up the selling up or down within that, right? Exactly. And so how do you help people create, say people aren't creative and they're just like, oh, what are kind of the foundations of really helping people unlock the ability to create the right messaging and the copy? So I have this like concept, it's called like the five profitable P's. Oh. And these, this is like your perfect starting point. Mm-hmm. So get out your pencils. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. like, it okay. starts with the person that you're trying to reach. That's one, it's a person. The second is the problem that you solve. Then there's the plan. So this is like your tool, your process, your approach. There's your point of view. So this is like your unique take on the work that you do. Yeah. And like why they should hire you or work with you or join your program versus like the next program. And then there's your promise. So what's the transformation that your offer creates? And then what's your purpose? What's the like emotional message that you want to put out there around your work? And with those five Ps, again, that's your North Star. And then you don't have to be creative. You just need to make sure that you are showcasing like maybe two or three of those five Ps at a time when you're selling. So connecting to your who, your plan and your promise or connecting to your who, your purpose and your like plan. Like you can just interchange them and decide like, okay, like what am I going to talk about today? And I think this is where like knowing your messaging, it really actually takes the pressure off of being creative. Because again, when you just get in the car, you start creating content, you don't know where you're trying to go. And so it feels like, oh, I have to like reinvent the wheel every time I create content. That's not really true. As business owners, we have a message that we're trying to share. Like mm-hmm. it's no, you're not a content creator that relies on being novel and new and relevant and trendy every moment of the day to make sales. You're a business owner. You have a set like you have a set offer suite <laughs> that you're showing up to promote every day. 
And that means your messaging is going to be consistent with that. So I think it actually takes the pressure off to be creative. Yeah, I think so. I really agree with that. And what are the kind of the common problems that you see like business owners walking into working with you? Say they've got something they're launching, a service, a program, and they come to you. What is the sort of the most common thing that they're not doing right that you wish everybody knew? Oh, yes. I mean, I think one (laughs) of the big ones is having a very specific and tangible promise around your offers Mm. and it doesn't mean you have to over promise so this is where we start to get into why why don't people have that people are afraid to over promise and not deliver um they're they're afraid well like you know i don't want to like make anyone feel left out and if Mm. i say this promise and this person won't buy so then there's this fear of like oh i'm like i'm boxing myself in But the reality is, is that the clearer you are in your promise, the easier it is for people to decide that what you're selling is relevant to them (laughs) and that they want it. So I think it's this weird, um, not paradox, but there's this like feeling of like, oh, if I get more specific, I'm actually going to cut people out. And actually it helps bring people in. Yeah. Polarizing is okay. There's something you said and I thought it was so interesting talking about promise and then people get really nervous about putting that into their marketing. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Here's what I think people think that they're supposed to write is the guarantee. And they get so nervous because you cannot guarantee what a soul's experience will be like with you, depending on how much work they do or don't put in or how much they take from it. Everyone's experience is unique and individual. Mm -hmm. But the promise and the guarantee are different, right? Let's talk to that a little bit and how you can market to the promise and not the guarantee. Because this is where people will trip themselves up. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, your promise is not a guarantee, right? Like your guarantee, you can have one, which is like, oh, your money back. Or if you try it for a week and you don't like it, you know, et cetera, fine. You can have a guarantee. But your promise is really just you making a bold statement about what you promise is possible if they apply everything you give them inside of your offer. Mic drop. (laughs) And like, ideally, you have clients who have achieved that promise, right? Uh Uh So you don't want to just be throwing something out there that you haven't achieved, your clients haven't achieved. I would say that's where the line is. Yeah. But for example, like my program promise for my messaging program, Angles, is double your signups and sales by sharpening the way that you communicate your offers. But I have literally doubled my signups and sales. I have clients who have doubled their signups and sales. So like, I'm comfortable with that promise. And yeah, of course, not every client gets that. But it's again, it's all about like, even if they don't achieve that while working with me, I know, I know in my heart (laughs) that I've given them all the tools, resources and support that they need to get there on their own timeline. Yeah, I think that just took a lot of pressure off a lot of people's shoulders to be like, they don't have to guarantee people's results because that's, we can't, we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And that kind of bleeds into like unethical marketing as well, which (laughs) let's touch on bro marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so many of the icky messaging and stuff that we, that brings us into selling and marketing that makes us feel uncomfortable. How can we do messaging and marketing ethically in this environment? Oh, it's such a big question. (laughs) And I feel like, so I'm always nervous answering this question because I feel like women or people who have been socialized as women, like we already have so much fear and hesitation around being icky salespeople. And I think that it's very easy to veer into this area where it's like, 
I'm afraid to say anything because I'm worried about being unethical. And honestly, like I'm at a point now where I'm like, actually, why don't we just like, if you like, be icky, like, okay, don't actually be icky. But like, chances are, if you are even thinking about how do I like make sure I'm not being icky, chances are you're like, you're not the person we're talking about. Because <laughs> you actually took a second to care about your audience, your clients, and the message you're putting out there. So that's the, the first thing I want to say. In terms of not being icky, I think it's like kind of like what I was saying about your promise and like mm-hmm. making promises that even if every client doesn't achieve it, you have proof of it working. I think there just needs to be a certain level of like authenticity and transparency in your messaging. So like, honestly, like say what you want to say, but just be transparent about it. So like, for example, I have a client who like one of the client wins that I share is like, um, she raised her prices like 30 or 40%. But I don't just say like, oh, she woke up like she woke up and she just did this. It was like, no, firstly, we put in a lot of work to make this happen. Secondly, she was already like booking out. So she had the demand anyway. So like being transparent about like what it actually takes to get the results, because this is better for your brand and it's better for your clients coming in because they don't expect a silver bullet once they're inside. Yeah. It's managing the expectations and being truthful about that authentically. Yeah. And when, when it comes to one thing I do see with my clients, and you probably get this so much with what you do, is they walk in kind of with all the features of their offer and what they can do for someone else. And there's zero personality in it. And there's nothing that's kind of, they haven't embodied themselves in their words or anything. How do you help people to bring their personality into their messaging when they're so used to just being like features, features, features? You know, this is what it does. This is how many hours you get. This is the thing I'm with you on a Zoom call, blah, blah, blah. How do you help them step into their personality? Because that's not always easy, is it? No, it's not. And I actually used to struggle with this for a long time. Like even when I was, before I was a messaging strategist, but when I was a copywriter, just a copywriter, I was always like, well, yeah, like this is the packages I offer. Like, what else do you need to know? Like, just... <laughs> and again, it's just about prioritizing connection, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just that you like you aren't just a robot that delivers like, you know, an assembly line of like deliverables. Like you're going to be talking to your clients, connecting with them. To get them the best result, you need to have that relationship. And so that relationship starts with your content. So not just speaking to what they get and what they want to do, but speaking to like, what does this mean for them? What is this? What doors open? And even like sharing bits about your story, right? Sharing about like what you, you mentioned, Mel, like, you know, embodying the results. So if organizing yourself in Dub Sado like changed your business, like tell that story. so always like starting with like how can i like connect before i like sell that's so good it's so good because we often leave out and my clients definitely leave out a lot of their past and their history they sort of think that everything they did before served a purpose but it's not not being brought into this online business that they own and yet it's kind of the place where it all sits the best it's your your experience how you show up in your business what you're made of all comes from everything that you've had before and we forget and I had this with a client she just barely ever mentioned that she came from a luxury events background and it she always had to remind me because I think she'd said it once in like six months of coaching and I was like that's in the messaging go change the post you're going to put up over the next two weeks and she put it in and the client just went I help I need you can you do this I didn't know that was your background I'm in and it's like when we show people more of who we are it really does give them a chance to connect and grow gravitate towards us right yeah and i think that's something that 
you know, when we're starting our businesses, um, it's almost this fear of like, I don't want people to realize that I haven't been doing this forever. Yeah. Something I say is that like no knowledge goes to waste. Like no experience you've ever had is something that you shelve forever. Like it's always a part of you. Even when you're starting your business and you don't have that credibility, maybe you don't have all the shiny like client wins yet. There are wins that you've earned for yourself to get to this point. Yeah. And like, what are they? And how like can you share them? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's really. I mean, I relate to that because I remember even when I started my business, and I, you know, I'm from the U.S., but I was living in Uganda. I almost had this weird feeling around it. I was like, oh, people are going to think like they're not going to get it. They're like, why are you living there? Like, can you work from that far away? the time zones, oh, surely that will be a problem. Like I had all these thoughts in my head about how people would perceive me yeah. by living there. And honestly, they were all in my head. <laughs> and I actually have regrets now that I wish I like made that more of a connection point for people at that stage in my business because that probably would have been a game changer. We're scared to show up, aren't we? Especially yeah. especially when we come into the space. It's being very vulnerable, right? Because you're the you're the face of the business. Your you know, your brand is you and that can be yeah. so terrifying when you've hidden behind a day job and a boss and a nine to five or you know, you haven't really had to do anything else but maybe raise your kids. And now you have this fear showing up. And we have this misconception, especially as women, that to show our results is boasting. And it's not. It's like this is how people connect. And that, and if you've got, as you say, if you've got results for yourself, it starts with the fact that you've done it for yourself. The proof is already yeah. there. And then embody that out in the world. There's something I see, and even I am on a constant learning journey with this, is hooking people in. I want to talk about like snappy messaging. That, like kind snatch of em. Snatch them. Like, always the kind of, not that clickbaity gives a negative connotation, but, you know, the kind of attention-grabbing headlines that make you click into the carousel or read the email. That's probably one of the hardest things that I've had to learn. I'm still learning. How do you help people do that? Because that's not necessarily an innate skill to suddenly turn around and be like, is the, you know, the amount of times I I sit there and faff about with a cover for a, a post and I'm like, stop it, or the first line in the caption. How do you teach people to do that? How can they learn to be better at it? What's kind of, what is getting in their way what can they do more of to make that easier yeah i would say it's really it's really about flexing that muscle of getting out of your own head and in the head of your ideal client because yeah. it's easy for us to show up as this is something i talk about like expert understanding versus like a sales understanding of your yeah. offer so it's important that we're not just saying what we want to say but what they need to hear right mm-hmm. the best and like the best way to do that is to think about like what what do they wake up thinking about like, yeah. okay, they're at their computer, it's 9am, they're about to sit down for the day. What thoughts, questions, problems, desires, like feelings are coming up for them? And start there. And then you can work your way backwards to what you want to talk about. <laughs> so, okay, let's say your your client, let's say you want to make a post about, um, uh, you want to make a post about how to use Dubsado to earn more referrals. Mm -hmm. So then instead of saying like three tips to use Dubsado, which Mm -hmm. is like nobody cares, like no one's waking up thinking, oh, I wish I had three tips to use Dubsado. (laughs) What they're thinking is um, like, hey, like does your business like rely on referrals or do you wish you could double your referrals? Boom, you've tapped into something that they're already thinking about. And then it's like, here's how to use Dubsado to double your referrals. Okay, now they're listening. Right? And then if you pitch your offer, I do Dubsado setups or whatever it is, people are like, click, boom, done, sold. <laughs> and that's yeah. what we want. So 
when people talk about creating that mind reading messaging, it's not about being a hypnotist or being really creative. It's really, it's not about having like the special secret sauce of magic words. It's really just mind reading messaging is like, what are they already thinking about and how can you speak to that? So good because that's it, right? It's thinking about, sure, client pain points and all that stuff, but it's how do those pain points make them feel? Yeah. Always about the feelings because if you can then describe the feelings, they'll feel like, oh my gosh, this person's in my head. How do they know? Like one of my favorite questions on like a discovery caller, I think I've even got it on like my schedule of my discovery call bookings with my agency clients who are looking to hire VAs. It's like, what are the top three things that wake you up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night that you would rather have off your plate? And they're like, oh my God, how does she know I'm waking up in the middle of the night? Because it's it's literally that. It's like, and then you're creating messaging on the other side, which is to the transformation, right? And it's the same principle, isn't it? To create that sense of you can put them in the feeling of the transformation to show yeah. them how it feels. So, you know, kick back with a nice cold glass of rosé on a summer day and close the laptop at two o'clock. So, and yeah. they're like, give me, give me. And, it, and again, it's like, get out of your head and out of the features and into the kind of the transformation, the promise, but the feeling of it. I think yeah. if you start from there, it makes it so much easier. But I love the tip of the Dovsado, like not three tips, but like, do you want to double your referrals? Like that's such a really, really useful way to think about it when it comes to sort of like, oh, I've got to be valuable and give educational content. And it's like, actually, well, that's a question. Like what, what is the content to focus the most on? Because we sit here going, I shall all these pillars of content from like value giving to opinions and testimonials what is the thing that makes a difference in all of those or one of those well i would say and i actually find this thought to be really helpful is that it's never just one post it's never just one type of content it's your body of work that you're creating around Mm -hmm. your offers because and i think if we're being honest with ourselves if we think about the last time we bought something did we really like stop and say like, oh, like, yeah, you're this particular thing. Like maybe like sometimes maybe like, oh, this one post really did it for me. But in reality, it was the fact that you kept showing up. It was the fact that you were building that trust. You were telling your story. You had client wins. And like maybe one post tipped the scale. It feels good in our head. Like, oh, like this is the type of post that's going to move the needle. To me, it's really like having that strategic messaging around your entire offer. And I think that takes the pressure off because it's like, I just need to keep showing up and talking about my offer from different angles. And that's going to move the needle over time, inevitably, for the right client. That is such a good thing to say, to take the pressure off one single post being the change maker to your entire body of work. Because you just take the pressure off immediately if it's dispersed over multiple posts know that you're in it for the long game and I always think of it as like a piece of content or a post or a message it's all relationship building and you're sowing these seeds every time you do something like that and you just don't know which seed when will bloom but they ultimately do because that's that analogy yeah yeah it's you you and and that I think that really helps definitely for my clients helps them get up every day thinking oh I'm feeling a bit deflated today and was like can you look back and say you have sown the seeds along the way you just are waiting for the result and holding yourself in between is the heart thing to do but continue to do it and they just go yeah this makes sense (laughs) yep yeah we all need to hear that oh yeah absolutely so what is on your agenda what's coming up how can people work with you and where can they find you oh my gosh well um i'm on instagram at samanthahoyle.right um but i also have this great mini course um it's called the powerhouse promise and Mm -hmm. it's free 
And it's all about how you can make an attention grabbing tagline that sells your offers. So like what we were talking about earlier about being really specific and tangible and attention grabbing for those dream clients Mm -hmm. in your audience. This mini course is like a great place to start, but free, amazing, and it's yeah. (laughs) I held nothing back. It's really good. (laughs) Wow, amazing! Thank you so much for having this conversation. It's been so insightful, so educational, but in a way that people are going to be like, "Oh, I'm going to go take the pressure off myself and create content." I really hope (laughs) that's what that's all I want for you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story with us. I really, really appreciate it. It's been yeah. Thank you so much, Mel. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful you hit play. And if you liked what you heard, please leave a review, especially on Apple and hit subscribe so you never miss a new episode. If you love this and think someone else would too, then don't be shy. Share it with them. Let's inspire even more women. And every year I will be offering one woman a coaching scholarship. And the time is now. So if you think you know someone who would benefit from three months of one-to-one business coaching with me, head to the show notes and you'll find all the details and the link to apply. Good luck. Good luck.